Welcome everyone to Discipleship Podcasts with the Bend International Church of Christ. I'm Joey Hungerford and I just want to introduce you to season eight of our podcast, which is the year 2023. And we're exploring a lot of real life theology this year, the Holy Spirit, uh, faithful faith, the grand meta narrative of the Bible, disciple making, and so much more. So I'm excited that you're here. I hope that you stay tuned. Please give us a review and share it with your friends. God bless. Carry on the theme you've been working out recently. Uh, the reason I asked what's the most important passage in the Bible is because for several thousand years of Jewish tradition, this is what they think it is. This is what stood out to the Jewish tradition, the Shema. Hero Israel, Lord our God. And what goes around goes along with that. This is a very, very high density passage. It's a summary inside of a summary at the end of the summary of the entire Israelite experience of what God's been doing amongst the people that He's created. Uh, so there's, it's a very, very deep rabbit hole. Uh, what I want to carry on from is last week, Joe, we talked about how we interpret the Bible, how we go about you know, reading the Bible. And he had three main points that I captured out of that. First is the context of the text. It's to build context. So when we talked about this, these verses in chapter six, how many of us also talked about verses one through five? Yep. So that's, that's what Joey's talking about. So to understand what is in here, we need to see where it sits, who's talking about it, etc. cetera. Um, observe what's going on. So we have the history of them in the desert, we have the Eastern conquest, we have a little summary of the law. Um, as they're sitting on the river, about to cross the river into this promised land that's been promised for 500 years at this point, um, in a culture in which people have 25, 30 at most year generations, um, this is an ancient promise in a form that we as Americans don't really comprehend that age. Uh, the second thing Joey talked about is who, what, when, where, why. Apply that to scriptures when we're reading them. Um, what's the conflict or the problem that's being addressed? Especially when you get into like the letters of the New Testament. All of them are written to a purpose. It costs $2,500 to write one of those letters in the New Testament. So you didn't just write one to be like, hey guys, how's it going? You wrote it with a purpose and intent. And that's something that if we recognize and understand, we get more out of it when we read it a couple thousand years later. Mm -hmm. um, first five chapters of Deuteronomy, just this, their context um, for where we arrive at in these verses. And then finally, Joey's third point was putting in the work. Putting in the work to understand what we're being told wisely, and putting in the work to apply it to our lives personally. Um, and the, the Christian experience is one of those rare things where you need to, where it's simple to understand what you need to understand. But, if you choose to, you can go as deep as you want and find more and more and more amazing things and more beautiful things as you, you dig in deeper. If you take on ancient languages and ancient history, and um, you'll discover gems in the scriptures that reward you for that effort, that work you put in. Mm -hmm. So this week, what I want to talk about this, in addition you know, to what Joey talked about last week, are um, some of the ways we can misuse the Bible how we can approach it in ways that don't fulfill its full potential that is provided to us. I think the first one is as a devotional graphic. To use the Bible as something that 
you're going to it for an aha, for an epiphany, um, where you consume it at the paragraph level or the sentence level. Of, man, I'm feeling down today. I need some scriptures. Oh, yeah. Here's Jeremiah 29 on my coffee bug. Okay, yeah, God's, God's got great plans for me. And that's not untrue. But in the whole context of Jeremiah, the people he had plans to prosper, the people he had plans for a bright future for, were a bunch of exiles in Babylon that had been there for a generation um, and that would return to a broken land. And so the context we can say, oh, yeah, okay, life isn't easy. What I'm dealing with now, it's going to be rough, and I should acknowledge that. But God has plans. Look what he did with them in that situation. Look at where it can go. Mm -hmm. He is coming himself um, to be with me in this. Mm -hmm. So there's more beauty, there's more depth in the Bible than you access if you use it as a devotional graphic. Second, um, is to treat it as a moral handbook or a rule book of, oh, well, I'm just going to go to the Bible and see what it says and do this thing or be like, well, that's a stupid rule, so I'm not going to do this thing. Um, the problem with that is coherence. We pick the rules um, to fit our desires in many cases because if you want to find a rule to justify your position, the Bible's got it. You can go in and say, oh, Abraham had four wives, go ye and do likewise. Um, so there's, there's moral principles in it, but it's not designed as a rule book. If you stick with the rule book mentality, you find yourself in a rich young ruler mindset where you can say, yes, I've kept every one of the laws. And Jesus can challenge you to change your heart and you'll go away sad observed it as a rule book. Mm -hmm. And then third is a reference book. If we treat it as um, something we go to to answer a question or to address a need, it's not wrong to do that. Um, but understand that if you have a mature, well-developed relationship with Wikipedia, that means you're really good at putting search criteria into Google. Mm -hmm. And that's not the relationship we want to have with the Bible. We want a mature relationship with the Bible to look a lot deeper the ability to put in good search criteria. If we go to the Bible just to find the answers to things like what is God, what are people, what's wrong with the world, is there a solution, um, what's God been doing, we will find those answers in the Bible. It does have answers to those, but they are in context of a story. They're in context of a narrative. They're designed to be accessed by um, Oh, what's the line here? Uh, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. They're not, they're designed to be thought through, worked through, discussed, debated, mm -hmm. and lived as part of your life to generate wisdom to look at. The problem with looking at it as a reference book is, yes, you can go find some good verses to say what is God, what are people. Those are things the Bible answers very well. But it'll train you to then say, well, how old is the world? What processes did, how did it use to come to be? How does God operate? How should we do church? And those are all really interesting and good questions, but they're not necessarily questions the Bible is written to answer. They're questions that the Bible teaches us wisdom to use to answer in our own world and life. 
So like, for example, how should we do church? Well, the Bible tells us a lot of things about how people did church. Most of the time when it talks about how someone was doing church, it's Paul saying, guys, come on. You gotta wait until everyone gets off work before you have your church service so everyone can be there. It's correcting wrong behavior rather than giving some ordained example of how things should be done from on high. So fundamentally, and cutting this extremely too short, um, the Bible is designed to generate worlds, to shape imaginations, mm -hmm. to change our views of everything, to be able to look at the creation around us and see the things God put in it for us to see, to see one another as beloved, um, immortal beings that are loved by God, that we should love and respect as one another, um, to see you know, people around us as a family, to see the world as something that God has created, to be marveled at, to be explored, um, to be stewarded, uh, to be put in right order. These are all uh, things the Bible intends to achieve, I think. It is fundamentally a collection of different types of literature. At its heart, it's meditation literature. It's something that's designed to be read, to be thought about, to be reread, to be thought about some more, to be discussed with the fellow disciples, to be discussed by reading the commentary of past disciples. Um, it's meditation literature. It's also poetry in sections. It's also mail. You're reading letters from somebody to somebody at one point. Understand that contextualize it, as Joey said, um, and then look, build your wisdom to look at it and understand what God means, what we can apply from that to mm -hmm. me today, to our world. Um, heck, it's even got uh, apocalyptic literature in there where it's God giving someone a dream or something like that. It's even got erotic poetry, um, but it does have an agenda. From page one, it's about people learning to distinguish uh, choosing to distinguish good and evil based on their judgment or on God's definitions. Mm -hmm. And then we see a repeat of that. Our just definitions or God's definitions of good and evil. And then we repeat it and we repeat it and we repeat it. Until we arrive at somebody that shows up and defines good and evil by God's standards. And then defines good and evil again by God's standards. And Jesus changes the whole course of history in the world and flavor of the Bible after that example. Mm -hmm. uh, one of the fears I think we can have if we accept that we should approach the Bible as something to be studied, to be examined, to be discussed, is that A, we're going to get it wrong. We're guaranteed that we're right now, we are wrong about many of the things we think the Bible says because we've only been studying it for 35, 36 years in my case. Um, and I've read stuff that goes back farther, but my study is limited. And I think that should be a freeing thing to be like, hey, that means there's more to learn here. That means this rabbit hole goes so much deeper. That means God has so much more to change and develop in my character, in my life, by meditating on these scriptures. Um, of course, the fear can be that if we say, you know, well, it's however I interpret it, um, that we will get it wrong, and that's what the church is for. That's what this is for, is to have the context of other people also examining it, and also um, 
contemplating and responding to our interpretations. It forces us to talk to one another. It forces us to listen to the Holy Spirit. I think there's some, it's a dynamic process, and I think that's at the heart of what the church does, is provide us the context to grow in our understanding of the Bible, in our understanding of our own character, and the understanding of God's love for us. Wisdom literature is about forming people who need thin rule books because the spirit and core convictions that are expressed in all the rules are written in their characters. Mm -hmm. I think that's what we're after, is building the best characters with the help of the Holy Spirit, with mm -hmm. the wisdom that God has provided us, and with his ongoing involvement in our lives. And fundamentally, the goal is, the intent of the Bible is to create, to turn us into the sorts of people that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. That's what's completion, that's what success looks like, is what's described in the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so that's uh, my little um, discussion of the verse and such. Uh, we'll go to communion now, which is a time to reflect on, yeah, what exactly has God done for us? What are we doing in response? In the context of how God views us, how do I go into the next week? How do I start Monday morning um, in that context? Mm -hmm. And as we think about that, um, as we take communion. Father, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for providing your Holy Spirit to give us insight and guidance and illumination as we look at the words you have inspired through thousands of years, Father. As we look at uh, what um, the scholars have, have written down that you have put in their mind and in their heart, Father, as we look at your promises that have been set before your people for all of creation, Father, um, as we strive to see creation as you see it, to run on the fuel you've designed for the world to run on, um, on your love, Father, uh, that we would um, realize your kingdom here, Father, uh, as much as we can, that we would um, be aligned with you, that we would be obedient um, to you, Father, and that you would give us the wisdom and character, Father, to embody um, the future you have in store for us, Father, that you uh, wish for us. Um, that we could become the sorts of beings uh, through your guidance um, that are indeed worthy of the love you pour out on us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.